Bible reading this morning comes from Psalms 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. This is the word of God. Thank you, uh, Yanni, for reading God's word to us this morning, which is Psalm 121, which is our text for uh, this morning. So let me pray as we look at God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, we pray you speak to our hearts in your word this morning. I pray for myself, me to humble myself before you, Lord. And thank you for the privilege and honor of hearing your word read and proclaimed. Would you speak to our hearts, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, this morning, as I said, we're going to look at uh, Psalm 121, which is our text for this morning, and I've titled the message, Where Does Your Help Come From? Where Does Your Help Come From? It's a question that we need to ask and address ourselves as well. In times of real challenges in life, times when the pressure is really on, the question is, who do we turn to? Where do we find strength? Where do we find help in those difficult and uh, challenging moments in our lives? As a pastor, I know that there are many times I've met with people and sometimes there have been tears shared in my office with people who are going through various challenges in their personal lives. Some are health-related, others are financial, others are family matters. Whatever the circumstances may be, relationship issues, we are deeply aware that life is indeed complex, whether you're young or old, whether you're a parent or a single person. Just the other day, someone said to me, well, you know, as parents, when our kids grow up, we think that we don't have to worry about them anymore. But that is wrong, Chris. <laughs> that is wrong. Even when they're still older and they're married, we still worry about them. Right? Those of you who have married kids and so forth, you know that. And on a day goes past when we don't think about them. We journey with them, don't we? With every step of the way as well, with all their ups and downs, even though they may have even left our homes, we still worry. Well, I do anyway. So. Well, uh, and the Psalms are encouraging. These Psalms are, are wonderful as we, as we look at some of the Psalms. In fact, uh, Professor Tremper Longman uh, says this about the Psalms. The Psalms appeal to the whole person. They demand a total response. The Psalms inform our intellect, arouse our emotions, direct our wills, and stimulate our imaginations. They appeal to the entire person, demand a total response, inform our intellect, arouse our emotions, direct our wills, and stimulate our imaginations. Uh, John Calvin, the great reformer, said this about the Psalms. The Psalms are an anatomy of the soul. 
anatomy of the soul. In the Psalms, we can see ourselves. We can identify with the Psalmist as they struggle through the issues of faith and the complexities of life. We see their honesty as they deal and as they dealt with their faith in God in the midst of their own personal challenges as they journeyed through life. And so as we read the Psalms, we get encouragement as we journey through our own lives here in this world. And this morning as we look at Psalm 121, I want to refer to the famous 19th century Scottish missionary, David Livingstone. David Livingstone, he was an explorer of the uncharted interior of Africa. And on the morning he left Scotland for the mission field in 1840, he gathered with his family and read Psalm 121. He read this psalm to seek strength from the Lord for the long and challenging journey ahead of him. And it is said that his mother-in-law, Mrs. Moffat, wrote in a farewell letter that Psalm 121 would constantly be before her as she prayed for him. And this is what she said, unceasing prayer is made for you. When I think of you, my heart will go upwards. Keep him as the apple of thine eye. Hold him in the hollow of thine hand. And as we know, friends, the Lord gave David Livingston the power to fulfill the many challenges and hardships that he encountered in Africa. And by God's grace, David Livingstone, from the human perspective, opened up the continent of Africa to the gospel of Christ. And we have heard, haven't we, in this church, stories, for example, from African Enterprise, of the wonderful work that God is doing in Africa. We have heard and we have seen the amazing work that God is doing in that land fantastic work of bringing men and women, boys and girls, to faith in God. And David Livingstone was part of that wonderful ministry. And I think he would have never imagined at the time that he going into Africa would, by God's grace, open up a fantastic opportunity for the gospel there. So Psalm 121 was so helpful in Livingstone's life. And so Psalm 121 has been called the traveler's psalm because it is a psalm that gives strength and hope in the Lord as one embarks on a journey not really knowing what to expect along the way. I remember when I first came to Australia in 1986, I landed on the 23rd of January. 23rd of January is a special day. I never knew after that, two years later, that I would be married on the 23rd of January as well. But when I came to Australia on the 23rd of January 1986, I landed here in the evening, I was 8.30 or 9 o'clock in the night, I still remember that, and I looked, through, looked out of the window from the plane and saw sunlight. I'm thinking to myself, what's going on here? Right? It was summer, obviously. In Sri Lanka by 9 o'clock or 8.30, it's pitch dark. And I thought, man, that is weird. <laughs> Let me get out of the plane and look at this place. And then I went to Geelong, and I read this psalm. Psalm 121. As one of my church leaders said to me when, he, when I left Sri Lanka, have a read of Psalm 121. And I read this psalm constantly 
as a reminder to me that my help is in the Lord. So friends, Psalm 121 is a pilgrim psalm. It was a psalm that the Jews would have sung as they made their way to Jerusalem. And the pilgrims would travel to Jerusalem for the Jewish festivals. And before the journey began, a leader would ask or perhaps sing the first line of the psalm. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? And then the people, the travelers would perhaps respond, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so, as I said, it is the traveler's psalm. Now, in one sense, all of us are pilgrims in this world, correct? Yeah? You're with me? In one sense, we are on a pilgrimage. We have each a journey in our own lives, right? Each of us has a story to share. Each of us has a journey to put in our journals, as it were. And I'm sure we reflect upon our lives. I'm sure you do it. I'm sure, well, I certainly do it regularly. Often think about what is God's plan and will for this guy's life for the remainder of my earthly life here on earth. Because we know our time is short. How do I live the rest of my life in this complex world? And so life is a journey. And sometimes the journey takes us to places that we don't want to go to. Sometimes the journey has detours, right? And sometimes along the journey, we have ups and downs and bumps and all the challenges. But here is a psalm that in one sense tells us that as we navigate through the journey of life, as we encounter our own challenges with its joys and sorrows, that we can cry out to our God. And so the question here is, where does your help come from as you navigate your life in this big, wide world? And so this morning, as we work our way through our psalm, we'll look at it under these three headings, our help, God our helper, God our protector, and God our preserver. Just three points this morning, very clear, God our helper, God our protector, and God our preserver. I hope you remember those three points in this psalm as well. Well, we look at uh, verses 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You see, friends, the journey to Jerusalem was a tough journey. The trip meant that the pilgrims would have to make the upward ascent, and there were no paved roads except for well-trodden paths across the valleys and along the riverside rivers. This was a tough journey through rough terrain. Would they be safe? Would they be attacked and robbed along the way? And as the tired pilgrim had been traveling for days, his body would have been tired and Jerusalem would have been a long way. But as the pilgrim came within the sight of Jerusalem, he would have seen the hills which surrounded the city. Jerusalem was God's city. It was the city where God had chosen to have his earthly dwelling. And so as the pilgrim suddenly sees the hills of Judah in a distance, he said, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come? Now, friends, to many, the hills gave them a sense of security and a feeling of confidence. So the pilgrim said, I lift up my eyes to the hills. And then ask the question, where does my help come from? It's a good question, isn't it? Have a think about that. Where or who is going to help me in my journey to reach Jerusalem. 
Think about this question for ourselves this morning. Do we need help along the way? What do you think? Do you? We do, right? Our children, for example, need help along the way, especially when they are little. Not just when they are little, when they are older as well, right? All parents know that quite well. When they are teenagers, they need extra help because you know, they are teenagers. No, I should say that. They need their parents to help them with their homework or help them get ready for kinder as parents send their kids to school for 2017 for the first time. They need help to make good decisions in life. As adults, we need help along the way in life as well, isn't it? Perhaps emotional help, practical help, support, encouragement to each other. We need a help. And the Lord uses people in times of trouble to help us. And we know that. The pilgrim in this psalm is tired and needs all the help he can get to complete his trip. And so he answers his own question and says, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That is it, friends. You see, the, the, the psalmist here is not crying out to the hills for his help as if the mountains or the hills can help him. That's the danger in our lives. As we travel through this journey in this world, we can look at other things, can't we? And put our faith and confidence in the hills or the mountains, so to speak, in this world. In our materialism, perhaps. In our bank balances. In our houses. In our job security. And nothing's wrong with these things. There's nothing wrong in you investing wisely. Nothing wrong in you studying well, getting a great job. Nothing's wrong with that. But the point is, when those things become the ultimate source of our sufficiency, and we take our eyes from the ultimate source, who is the ultimate helper, who knows everything that's going on in your life and mine. Don't you think so? Is there anything that God does not know that's going on in your life right now? We may try to hide from him. We may try to think. And sometimes I've said, in fact, I said this morning in my prayer, that Lord, it's absurd me trying to pretend as if you don't know what's going on in my life. That's a joke. <laughs> that, that's, my, that's my weird thinking. I just have to be open, honestly, completely before you. This is a joke for me to think as if you don't know what's going on and the issues in my own life. You know everything. Just, 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 let's just cut to the chase, God. You know everything that's going on. There is nothing that I can hide from you. And ultimately, the help that comes for us is from this God. And so the psalmist is saying here, as he goes through life, as tempting as it is in life to put our full and ultimate confidence in this world and not in the one who made it. And people will worship the creation rather than the creator. Have you seen that? Right? Now, I don't need to give you examples, but, uh, and I'm not against anything, so I'll say this cautiously. So, all right, people will tie themselves to a tree or something. Now, 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 look, nothing's wrong with that. that. That's what they want to do. All good for them. Right? Go for it. <laughs> right? Or they will worship something else and make that their God as if that is everything in this life. 
Now, please, I'm not against people doing that, right? So if they want to tie themselves to trees, that's fine. You, I mean, trees are great. So, but all I'm saying is we, we can become so focused as if this creation becomes our God. And yet, in the same breath, there's abortions and everything taking place, and nobody seems to care about that at all. Can you see what a kind of topsy-turvy world we live in? Our politicians, for example, will think that legislation and social engineering is the solution to everything in this world. And we, we, we know that. That's happening here as well, isn't it? We know that quite well. But ultimately, friends, nothing is going to happen unless we look to this God who is the one who is the greatest helper ever. See, I look beyond the hills, the psalmist says, because my help comes not from the creation, not from the hills, but from the Lord who is the maker. Notice that. Who is the maker of heaven and earth. The God who has made this mag magnificent creation. Don't you think so? What a beautiful world God has created. Do we take time to actually admire the creation of God? What a beautiful world that he has created. What a magnificent beauty around us. We live in this such a, you know, Australia is such a beautiful country. As a migrant, I just, I just love this place because it's such a beautiful country that God has blessed us with. And the world itself. He has created this world. He has created you in his image. And this God is the one who is able to be our helper. The help, my help comes from Jehovah God. That's what it is. In Psalm 50:10, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. This, this psalmist believes in the Lord who is the I am God, the promise-keeping one, the one who has made this world. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, put it this way. Jehovah who created all things is, this is amazing, this is a great quote. Jehovah who created all things is equal to every emergency. Heaven and earth are at the disposal of him who made them. Therefore, let us be very joyful in our infinite helper. Isn't that tremendous? In every emergency, he is there. Our God. And Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Is he your helper this morning? Can you say today, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth? Can you? God, our protector. You see, friends, Nothing is beyond him. Look at verses 3 and 4. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. It is said that when the Greek general Alexander the Great was asked how he could sleep soundly in the midst of personal danger, Alexander the Great said this. He replied that his faithful guard by the name of Parmenio, Parmenio was watching and therefore he could sleep well. <laughs> Notice, friends, if Parmenio was watching, Alexander the Great could sleep well. What about us? Our God is greater than Parmenio, <laughs> right? 
and he watches us better than anyone else. And look at this psalmist. We'll come to that in a moment. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. The reason that God will not let his foot slip, that is, would not let this person fall away as it were, would not abandon this person, is because the Lord God does not sleep. Now, friends, we all need our sleep, right? Yes? You know the consequences very well when we don't sleep. What are they like? Grumpiness? No. Tiredness? Irritability? Yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We know that. If we don't sleep well, man, a few nights of restlessness, a few nights when it's so hot and 40 degrees and you don't sleep well, it's a challenge. Right? We need extra sanctification at that time because it's very easy to lose our sanctity. Just like that. But you notice God. He does not sleep. Remember the prophet uh, uh, Elijah with the prophets of Baal in, in 1 Kings chapter 18, he said, your God must be sleeping. Wake him up, shout louder. But the God of the scriptures does not sleep for a moment. Not for a moment. He does not doze off. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. But instead, he keeps watch 24-7. Over whom? Over you. His people. What a great blessing that is. The word for watch here in the Hebrew is the word shama. It is to guard, to keep watch. It is used few times in this psalm. He watches over his people. And I want to encourage you with that. He watches over his people individually. Verse 4 Collectively over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God is your keeper. The Lord watches over you. Verse 5 and 6. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The psalmist says God provided, provides shade. That is, as the pilgrims traveled, they were in danger of sunstroke in this region, which was very real. And so God provided that shade as it were. So the language that is used here, the sun and the moon, what the psalmist really means is, though it's figurative language, it is that nothing, either of the day or night, can harm us because God is keeping guard. That's the point here. God is covering against every calamity. He's our shade against the visible dangers of the day and as well as the hidden dangers of the night. One writer puts it so well. What we see here is around the clock protection. <laughs> How's that? Eh? Actually, John MacArthur makes the statement around the clock protection. Remember that each time you look at your, your watches or your mobile phones and you look at the time, <laughs> which you always do, I'm sure you're doing right now as well. No, you're not. Um, remember that around-the-clock protection that God gives to you and to me. And finally, God, our preserver. 7 and 8, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. There are four things here that we see here uh, in these verses. He will keep us from all harm. He will watch over our lives. He will watch over our coming and going. And he will do this always. Right. 
the psalm closes with the assurance that the Lord is the preserver of all things. All of life is in his hands. In the midst of all the insecurities of the world, in the midst of all the challenges, let's be reminded that we can cry out to this Lord. Right. You see, friends, travelers to Jerusalem faced many threats along the way. There will be robbers along the way. But notice the Lord himself will protect them from all harm. He will watch over them. He does watch these people in their comings and their goings. Just like for us as well. As we go through life, some days are busier than others. Correct? Some days we don't know whether we are coming or going. <laughs> okay? But God knows and he watches over us. He will do it always, forevermore. Because our preserver, our God, is the living God. Just think about that. Now, as we wrap up this message this morning, reading this psalm, it's a challenging psalm. Let's put it this way. I read this psalm as I was preparing this. I had to ask myself a few questions. Let me put those questions to you this morning. Questions like this. I'm sure it may have come up in your mind this morning. If this is true, Lord, if this is true, if the Lord protects us, then how come many Christians are suffering and thousands have been killed for their faith? Good question. If the Lord protects us and is our helper, why do I have troubles in my life? Have you asked that question? If the Lord is my protector, then why has my Christian brother or sister or young person been killed in a tragic accident. Where is your protection, God? Where is it? You see what I'm raising this morning? Pertinent questions. If the Lord is my helper and protector and preserver, then why did I, why did God not protect my Christian friends or family member from a serious cancer? If the Lord is my protector, why did he take away my child? One of the hardest funerals for me to do, and I'll never, remember, never forget this, was the funeral of an infant child, just this size, in a coffin. What do I say to these parents? What do I say to them? I, I can't say anything. There's nothing. It's nothing to say, friends. When we heard news of our great brother in Christ, Tim Jealous, who was killed in a tragic accident, I, I froze for moments in my office. What do I say? What do we say? <laughs> you say, where is God's protection, God? Where are you? How do you preserve life, God, if this is who you are? Is this just some theoretical theology that is here or are you really for real tough questions these are very real questions and I don't have the answers for them I don't for someone who's had a broken relationship or lost a job life is tough well so what do we make how do we make sense of this psalm see the point of the psalm is not that we will not have problems and setbacks and disappointments in life. 
In fact, in this world, we will, right? We will. We live in a world that is fallen and broken due to our sin against God. And we travel through this world as pilgrims in a broken world. And as his people, we are aliens and strangers in this world. And this is precisely why we need the Lord in our lives. To help us along the journey. Don't you think so? When the going gets tough, the song goes, the tough gets going. Now, that's not, that's not really the case. When the going gets tough, those who are in Christ keep on going. Because we understand life from God's perspective. Yes, we can cry to him. Yes, he is our protector. Yes, he is our preserver. Yes, he is our provider. And we are trusting this God as we embark on a journey in life that navigates us through pathways that we have never ever imagined would come our way. Some good and some bad. And some hurtful and some broken and some that brings tears to us. But as we navigate this life way, let's be reminded, as the psalmist says, that we trust in the all-sufficient God. We have this assurance because God sent his son. We read uh, John chapter 17 this morning. What a prayer that Jesus prays for his people. Do you see that? The high priestly prayer of Jesus. Keep them, Lord. Protect them. They are yours and they are mine. For I have given myself at the cross for your people, God. Because our Savior Jesus, he traveled the journey, did he not? He traveled the unsafe road that ultimately led him to the cross where he was crucified for our sins, and he rose again from the grave. He traveled the unsafe road that we could have never traveled so that we may be safe and secure in him. He, through his death and resurrection, has overcome this world with all its sin and miseries, and is now seated at the throne, and this is the ultimate safety, eternally safe with Jesus. What a blessing that is. You know, the, uh, say this, uh, we love our tennis, and we have been to the tennis a few times, and I must say, I, I looked around and see so many people, so many people, and I was thinking to myself, one day, one day, these people will be no more, and so will I. And where will they spend eternity? Where will they spend eternity? Who is their helper? Do they know this God? And if you're a Christian here this morning, friends, let me encourage you. 
you know the struggles and the battles that you are going through, and thank you for some of you who have shared those things with me. And I pray for you. I, I say that sincerely. What you share, I pray for you every day. And as a pastor, there are times that I sit in my office and I cry for you because I share in that pain and in that suffering. But remember this, that God is our helper. Our faith looks to Jesus both as an example of perseverance and a one who has given his love and life for us. So this morning, as I conclude, the psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Where does your help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Our God is not remote and distant. Our God is all sufficient. Do you believe that? Do you? I hope you do. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your precious word. We pray this morning that your spirit will minister to each and every heart here today. Would you bless your people? Help us, Lord, to draw near to you in faith this morning. To our all-sufficient God, for our help comes from you and you alone, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. Friends, we're going to close our services.